With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. If you've seen the recent issue of Rolling Stone, then you know that Bad Bunny made history as the first Latin urban music artist to grace the cover of the iconic magazine. And behind that glossy image is three Latinas who made it happen. Susie Exposito, the magazine's Latin music editor, wrote the cover story. She plotted for months with Bad Bunny's publicist, Suheli Sola, to make it happen. And Gabriela Bellingeri, a jewelry designer and Benito's girlfriend, shot the cover on her iPhone in the middle of a pandemic. This is the story of how these fierce Latinas made magazine history. First of all, congratulations. It's a huge deal. You're welcome. It's big. Thank you so much. It's big. And I'm glad that you seem like you are processing that it's a big deal. Still processing. Yep. It's wild. (laughs) It's just wild. I feel like I am constantly pitching celebrities and publicists. So let me ask you, before we even get into the making of this, how were you able to score an interview with Bad Bunny? Luckily, I had interviewed him before. I interviewed him at the Latin Grammys in 2018, and I seemed to have caught him at a time where he was definitely, you know, making it big in the Latin space, but had just, you know, started to crack the Anglophone market and... I went to the Latin Grammys and figured, you know what, this is like where I'm going to find him. Generally, Bad Bunny is a bit of an elusive chanteuse. So he, (laughs) to quote Mariah Carey, um, he doesn't like doing very many interviews. And at the time, I got like maybe 15, 20 minutes with him. Honestly, he's just such a freak and I love it. I feel like Latin music has been sorely lacking in 
legit freaks. And I mean, I'm someone who would describe myself as a freak. By that, I mean people who are not afraid to try new things, people who aren't afraid of like breaking ground, who aren't afraid of experimenting, whether it's like, you know, like Bad Bunny, I think it's in both his style, like personal style, and also in his music and in the ideas that he shares. So I kept in touch with the publicist, uh, Suheli Sola, and I told her, I was like, I really want him on the cover of Rolling Stone. And she was like, okay, let me know how we can make that happen. I was like, well, let me know the next time he's putting out an album and we'll start to work on it. I think like just every time they would talk about the cover, I'd be like, I think Bad Bunny is going to do something really big soon and we should be ready for it. Uh, there was also the JLo and Shakira Super Bowl coming up. I didn't know he was going to be performing with them, but I suspected because he did that song with JLo before. Hmm, he might be one of their surprise guests. And then he appeared, <laughs> just like swathed in Swarovski crystals. And so I went back to my bosses and I was like, look, this dude. <laughs> He's blowing up. Like, he performed for the biggest, most mainstream television audience yep. in the United States at this point. Like, come on. And they were like, okay, let's talk about it. So I talked to Suheli and I was like, I think we need to make an impression. And she was like, okay, uh, he's going to be on Fallon why don't we stop by your office? I was like, stop by the office, bring a few of the songs. I'm going to invite my editors and then they can hear the music and like, you know, chat with him a little bit. And so he came to the office and I only invited like maybe six or seven people. And within like two songs, I mean, like the office just filled up with people. Once they realized that Bad Bunny was in the office, it went from like, mm. you know, like 10 people to like 50, 60 people crowded into the conference room, just like listening to his music. He played us a few songs and people were super stoked. I mean, the energy in the room was just like so... Um, it, it was just like dynamite, you know, like people were, were dancing and kind of grooving with it. My editors were like, all right, we can we can see the appeal, you know, and he's so charismatic. Even for people like who don't speak Spanish, he's his charisma just like shines through. Apparent, yeah. So they were like, all right, let's do a cover. Like <laughs> that's how it happened. How did Gabriela Belengeri get to shoot the cover? Oh, it was it was an idea our creative director had. We couldn't fly anybody there. So Katrina was like, well, why don't we ask Bad Bunny if there's anyone like within close proximity to him who might be able to take some nice photos? And Gabriela, like she'd already taken photos for him. A lot of the photos that you saw in his Instagram, I mean, over the past like three years, she's taken those photos. They've been dating for three years and he hadn't gone public with her. And I, I didn't go into this in the story, a lot of people, they say nasty things about people's partners, especially because she's a civilian. She's not involved in any of this. She's not a celebrity. And so he kind of wanted to protect her. 
But of course, in quarantine, it became apparent that he had someone there with him and who better to photograph him than the woman who's been secretly photographing him this entire time, at least like his ascent. And so she took amazing photos. She really did. And she did it with an iPhone, which I love. Did it add an element then to also be able to have the first Latina shoot a cover for Rolling Stone? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, and I, I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for saying this because it's, it's a fact. Like most of the people who shoot covers, and it's not just at Rolling Stone, but it's across the board in print journalism. Most of them are men. <laughs> like, I, I think it's amazing in a way, like how this worked out. At first, we were so scared. We were like, oh my God, are we going to even make this happen? Are we going to have to shoot this cover over Zoom? Like what? <laughs> you know, I just really love that Gabby like agreed to do this and she knocked it out of the park. I'm like really proud of her. Um, and Benito's really proud of her too. I told him in an interview, I was like, did you know that your girlfriend is going to be the first Latina to shoot a cover? And he was like, He's like, wow. Like, he was so proud of her. And he didn't take any credit for it at all. It's not like he was like, oh, yeah, she could only do it because of me. Like, he was like, she is talented. And like, he, he wants people to see that. He was just like thrilled to kind of like push her into the spotlight a bit. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blowout barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Pamper Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight, and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? (laughs) They do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. 
is there something that's getting in the way of you living the life you want, of you being happy? In my own life, I have found that talking with a professional can make a big difference. But sometimes the logistics, finding the right person, the time to connect, gets in the way. BetterHelp Online Counseling assesses your needs and matches you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can get help on your own time, in your own space. In fact, you can start communicating in under 24 hours. You can schedule secure weekly video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist anytime. BetterHelp's licensed professional counselors specialize in everything from grief and trauma to relationships and self-esteem. BetterHelp is committed to helping you find the perfect fit, so it's easy and free to change your counselor if you need to. Plus, it's more affordable than offline counseling. I want you to start living a happier life today. As an LTL listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash Latina. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Latina. What was the biggest hurdle? <laughs> I think the biggest hurdle really was like my own insecurity going into it. This is my first cover story. And honestly, no I was like, just my luck. I land my first cover story during a pandemic. Like seriously, <laughs> like that was what I thought. And I, I was so upset about it at first because I was like, oh, this is going to suck. Ugh, it's going to be such an unremarkable cover story because I'm going to have to report it over video. Um, but I do think that as the story came along, as I worked on it with my editor, Christian Horde, I mean, I think that he was really encouraging and he was like, look, you're in a really unique position. You are interviewing somebody in the middle of a pandemic and you can't see them, but in a way, this is going to like humanize him in, in a way that like very few people have been able to before. He's just like the rest of us. Yeah, the fact and, that he's just eating chicken and potatoes somewhere. Like uh-huh. that little detail to me, I was like, oh yeah, like stars, they're just like us. <laughs> exactly. Like he's, you know, he, he's, he's still, you know, trying to adhere to his diet and getting bored and like angrily tweeting at the government just like the rest of us. So it was... It, it was really funny, and, like, I got to know him really well. It, it helped that I met him before in person right. twice. It helped a lot. I think that because he was bored and, like, in quarantine, he was like, all right, I can talk to a new person. This is fine. He usually does not like interviews. So when you have someone who's not a talker, what were you doing to draw him out? I think he turned into a talker. He was finally like, all right, I'm going to, you know, the first time, I mean, the first interview, I asked him some questions that were a little spicy. For example, like in his song, Yo Pereo Sola, he did not credit the female singer uh, like, like he usually would a featured artist. His rationale was that she didn't write any of the parts to the song. He credited her as a songwriter, but not as a vocalist, which was interesting. But he said that she didn't write the parts to the song, whereas all of his other guests wrote their own verses. But also it was somewhat of a 
<laughs> it was like an experiment in his identity. He felt like he wanted a woman to sing these parts and then for him to lip sync the parts in his music video as he did drag. That was sort of like an exploration into how he wants to present his femininity. What makes a good celebrity profile great? Hmm. What I don't like about some celebrity profiles is like the ones that that come off like being a little too, there's a word for it, like ingratiating or like deifying people in a way that's, it's so smarmy to me. For me, I, I broke my own rule in this story, actually, because I usually don't talk about myself at all in profiles. I think that that can kind of like kill the buzz a lot of the time. I don't like when people, you know, start reflecting on their own lives in the middle of somebody else's profile. I, I usually find it distracting. I think the point where I broke that rule was when I talked about disclosing to him like my sexuality and I chose Could you to identify do, as bi? I do identify as bisexual, yeah. And I have for the last 10 years, at least openly. And so I, I chose to have this part of the conversation, you know, in a closet because I'm still at my grandmother's house. And that's still something, it's like a sore subject for my family. It just is. And like, but at this point, I'm like 30 years old. I'm like, what are y'all going to do? Ground me? Like, <laughs> well, yes, but you're also hiding in a literal closet. So. Yeah. Yeah. I had to really reckon with the fact that I'm still worried about making my family uncomfortable. And I think a lot of us still, a lot of us can be like, what, like 45, 60, and still never be able to really discuss that side of ourselves with our families. Like, I have so many people in my family who are also queer. It's just they don't talk about it, you know? Every once in a while, somebody has a roommate. (laughs) That's like a common thing. Or somebody like brings their friend to Christmas. You know, it's coded. And... That's just how things are in my family and in so many other families. I waited until I was in a serious relationship with a woman to come out because at at that point I was like, I don't know, I knew how I felt for many years, but I didn't even take it seriously until I was in a relationship. That's when I came out to my mom. She was super supportive and like really sweet about it. This would have been 10 years ago. And also, like, anyone who is queer also knows that, like, coming out is not, it's not like a one-and-done kind of thing. You'll spend, like, the rest of your life coming out over and over again. Like I did my article. (laughs) That's just, like, one of the many times. Well, and I also was so struck by an exchange that you had on Twitter, because in addition to interviewing Bad Bunny, you interviewed a whole milieu of celebrities, including Ricky Martin. And it evoked someone to respond that, like, there was always a lot of homophobia around Ricky Martin. It wasn't yes. just when he came out that he experienced that homophobia or that those of us who sort of knew about Ricky Martin were exposed to that. Like, it was always there and it was always a subject of conversation and that that predates the coming out very often. Yes, it does. Like, oftentimes, like, you'll get bullied for being like any kind of queer, you'll get bullied for it many years before you even own up to it. Why did you choose to weave that into this story? It was something that I discussed with 
my editor because it was like after I did that, you know, like when I when I brought my computer into the closet, I was like, ugh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm at my abuela's house. Like, I don't want her like listening to this conversation. It's so funny and I, I love her so much, but she like she liked to listen to some of my interviews for one because I was speaking in Spanish and that's kind of rare <laughs> for my family. They don't they don't really speak Spanish with me. So it, I think that she was kind of entertained by hearing me. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. But then when I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, it is because I still can't talk about this around my family. I just, I can't. And what Bad Bunny did with his drag video, it was so powerful because I really don't think, I don't, I mean, Ricky Martin is gay. I don't think Ricky Martin would have gotten away with that. I really don't. He presents as very masculine. And if he tried doing that, even even this year, like if he tried to do that, would people really accept it? It's like, I, I think to this day, like people prefer gay men to be masculine and like straight passing or whatever. That's a very real thing. So for someone like Bad Bunny, who's in a very secure relationship with a woman and who's, you know, the most popular rapper slash singer in Latin America right now and, and in the U.S., for someone like him to go out on a limb and dress in drag as like a show of solidarity with queer people, I was like, he's doing this so I don't have to feel this way anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I decided to set the scene. We stayed in the closet for like an hour and just talked about, we just talked about gender and sexuality and like why he started caring about all this because he really doesn't have to care. And the fact that he goes out there and says, like, I'm not okay with this is unprecedented. Um, all right, but I want to talk about you. I want to recenter this back on you. You clearly right. are a journalist because you came <laughs> bringing it back <laughs> to, your, to not you. Um, <laughs> did you. Did you want to write about Latin music or did you just sort of back-end your way into Latin music? I've always listened to Latin music. I can't really think of a time when I didn't. Because, <laughs> like, you grow up around it. But right, also, totally. I enjoyed it. No, but, like, I mean, originally, I came up in punk. I came up, like, I played in punk bands. That is my background. And I didn't feel totally confident, you know, writing about Latin music until I started working at MTV in 2013. And I specifically worked at MTV World, which was like the global music hub. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of organically started writing about Latin music there um, because it seemed to be the most familiar to me. At least, you know, I knew who Mana was. I knew who Juanes was. <laughs> I knew Daddy Yankee. Just kind of organically took that on and, and learned a lot about Latin music from that job. So then when I started at Rolling Stone, I was mostly reviewing a lot of like indie rock, punk, and like even R&B stuff, because I do love R&B. And I was reviewing records for the most part. And then I thought about it and I was like, man, there is not a lot of Latin coverage at Rolling Stone. And I feel like they're kind of missing the boat. I started pitching more Latin artists in general. I started commissioning freelancers to write about it too. You're also a musician, right? I am. Do you, do you play an instrument or...? 
I haven't played an instrument in a while. Let's be real. But <laughs> um, no, I, I used to play bass a lot more frequently, but I'm a singer primarily. Does that help you be a better music writer? Totally. Oh, totally. I think so. <laughs> I, I really do. I think that it helps to know music and to know what it takes to make music. It really helps me smell the bullshit sometimes. I'm like, man, you really don't write your own songs, do you? <laughs> There's sometimes I'm like, all right, I see you. It's all in like how somebody talks about their work personally, but also just talking about music in general. I think it helps. I taught at girls rock camp for years I'm talking like nine summers. I have been a, uh, a band instructor for like nine summers and learned a lot about music that way. And we do songwriting classes. When, when you work at Girls Rock Camp, you get assigned a band when you're a band coach like I was. And we have to walk these girls through, through songwriting, what their energy is going to be as a band, their band name. Like we walk through the whole process. And in a lot of ways, that helped me think more about the, the industry side of things. I'm like, oh man, you know, these people have to have conversations with their managers all the time. Like, okay, what is your brand? <laughs> like, you are the first Latina to write a cover story for Rolling Stone. What does that mean to you? It means everything. <laughs> I've been at Rolling Stone full-time for almost five years, and... It's not like I'm the only Latina who has ever worked at Rolling Stone. There have been many who came before me. Granted, there's only maybe like one or two of us in editorial at once, but it really means a lot that, you know, they gave me a chance to prove myself in a way. And it wasn't just for me. It was for all the Latinos who've like come through and like, wanted to represent themselves in the best way. And like, I think that what we do as a culture is pretty dope. And I think that it deserves recognition. So it's so much more than me. It's much bigger than me. Susie, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this and congratulations. Thank you so much, Alicia. Like this was, I appreciate you wanting to, you know, just shine a light on little old me. I'm used little. to being behind the scenes, so I really appreciate you wanting to talk to me about this story. This is awesome. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua Williams and me, Alicia Menendez. Cedric Wilson is our sound designer. Emma Forbes is our assistant producer. Manuela Bodoya is our intern. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. And please, please leave a review. It is one of the quickest and easiest ways to help us grow as a community.
a little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.